you enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's going to win the footy and why, you know, the type of guys that puff at their chest and say, after their obscure multi comes up. Well, if you do, this is the podcast for you. Alright guys, do you know what's better than winning back-to-back tipping competitions at your office? Making it rain. And it was a very profitable round four for the Wally the Odds crew, even if we do say so ourselves. It started off there on a Thursday night, we picked Melbourne to beat Sydney in a head-to-head, that was paying 205. We backed that up with the GD West to take on Geelong and win at Fortress Cadinia. That was paying $2.90. We backed in the Young Tiger Cubs to take down Port Power at home at a graveyard for former Richmond teams. That was paying $3.45. And we told you to roll it all together in a nice, tight little bundle and cash out with a 21 buck three-leg multi. All in all, we made you 341% return on investment for the weekend. And uh, if you did manage it on any of the bets... Then uh, take yourself down to our sponsor's pub, the Yorkshire Hotel. That's on the corner of Pint Road and Langridge Street in Abbotsford and have a couple of celebratory frothies. Shout yourself because you deserve it. And if you did jag a winner and you want to let someone else know about it, please just pass on the pod. You can give us a review or you can just tell someone else about this little pod that can uh, jag a few winners here and there. You used to call me on my cell phone Day night when you need so what's next? Well, another week of footy. Got to keep on keeping on. And that's what we need here is more winning tips. And to do that, I need my partner in crime fresh from a physio appointment to shake out that neck after head wobbling so much it almost fell off is the punter's prophet himself, Brian Barrel Randall. How was your weekend, mate? And have you have you calmed down from your big win? Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? If it's, uh, I'm pretty sure you've got the, you've been putting them up on Twitter. It's yep. four profitable weeks in a row, I think. It is. Yeah. So we're going all right. So there's only one way to go from here. Probably down. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're probably like St Kilda or Gold Coast at the moment. Yeah, we're pegs too early. Don't know how we got up there, but uh, there's only one way to come down. Yeah. Just going to enjoy and the ride from now. Crash, but yeah, enjoy it. So speaking of things that must come down, it's a bit of a financial pod. I'm going to do a bit of a... Economics 101 today. Nice. So on the stock market, you know what they refer to when they call a dead cat bounce market? Uh, something that drops and then rises again? Yeah, so it's something that's been going on a downward trend for quite a while. It has a little up peak and then it goes and crashes again even harder. Yep. And so I've found three teams on the weekend who had a win. I reckon it might be a chance of being a dead cat bounce club. Okay. A little win, one off, yep. before more losses follow. And the All first right. one of those is Melbourne. Yep. They obviously beat Sydney on the weekend in a pretty dour game. But everyone's lauding them, saying they fixed all their problems. Their mids are finally getting touches. Petrarca's kicking goals. They're making use of the hitouts. Are we, are we back in on Melbourne now? Can we see the green shoots? Can we see the things that make them look like they could be a team that will win long term? No. Or is that just a, a lucky win? Or not a lucky win, but a, a win against a weak opposition. I think, yeah, people need to realise Sydney actually aren't that good. They're... Going through a slight mini rebuild, they've also got some injuries to key players. Their midfield's a bit old, and they're starting to throw new mixes to their midfield, trying to change up their forward line. You know, they're relying on McCartan and uh, Blakey, and obviously Reed's back, and he's been pretty bit out of form. And yes, and Papley's gone through the middle now, and they're changing. And Melbourne got him uh, well, half time. Don't know why City kind of stay, stopped their little quick movement, ball movement, and. Uh, 
got Melbourne back in the game because what Melbourne don't want you to do is move the ball quickly because they're slow. Mm. And once they stopped doing that and they started making mistakes, Sydney, and they gave Melbourne a sniff, they got back into the game and the way they celebrated worries me a lot. Uh, I mean, I'll probably tip them still this week, but geez, uh, they acted like they won the granny and we've seen this before with Mm. Melbourne. Uh, We've got plenty of proof that, you know, when they over-celebrate, they they feel that relief, they think they've done their job. Uh, I hope they back it up this week. I still have a worry about them long term, especially when it comes to playing the top five or six teams with speed on the outside. But it was a good return for them. Still not sold. Don't trust them. And I'm a bit worried about them this week. Yeah, and you look at their stats, none of them are very compelling. And you look at probably the two most important stats for an attacking team like this is disposal efficiency and inside 50 efficiency. And they're below par on both. So they've barely got above 40% inside efficiency. Uh, for their inside 50 entry kicks, and they're floating around about that 33%. So they just need, like, they can get 60 inside 50s. It's only going to end up being 20 scoring shots. Yeah. And then that's kind of going to relate to be t- probably 10 goals. So yeah. it's not enough to win games. On the weekend, it was Jones, was probably their leading goal scorer, and, mm. and Viney chipped him with a couple. So they're, they're big bulls inside mids that were resting four were the ones that were dangerous. It wasn't the Wiedemanns, it wasn't, you know, um, Melksham, it wasn't Petrarca. So. Yeah, look, City could have blown away in that first half and, uh, yeah, they, they were lucky to get back in the game, really. Mm. But, yeah, I think there's still a few more worries and obviously when Proust came in, he changed that, especially that first 10 minutes, the way he attacked the contest, he was a big bull. I love how he goes about it. He should be playing it week in, week out because he just adds something different to their team, uh, especially up forward. But whether he, I don't know how he pulled up because I know he, put, he had a sore shoulder, sore leg and everything. He just batted and proved mm. the end of the game. Yeah, still... Very big concerns about Melbourne going forward and then defending, you know, quick play, so mm. speed. And that's where St Kilda is in a probably trouble on this week uh, at the MCG and what's going to be pretty good conditions. Absolutely. And, yeah, you mentioned their, their disposal efficiency as well is pretty poor. And, yeah, they're going to turn the ball over regularly. And if they can't track back quickly to defend that turnover ball, it's going to spell them trouble. This week, maybe not so much against St Kilda because they're more of a defence first team and not, not that fast. Uh, not bad on the on the counter, but they're not like a really rapid, clean team. So. Yeah. Well, from this year to last year, oh, sorry, from last year to this year, St Kilda, last year was everything was go, 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 mm. quick ball, quick, 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 and they butchered it and turned it over and were always getting scored against heavily. This year, they're, I uh, don't know who bought maybe Ratten. So everyone's talking about it. Everyone's giving Ratten the... The big tick. The big tick. Uh, they're, they're a lot slower, a lot more methodical, but they are still pretty quick on the outside. You know, the Billings, the Greshams, mm. those sorts of blokes. Um, Dunstans, you know, Seb Ross. You know, I mean, Akers probably played his best game of his career last week. You know, Marshall, everyone's spoken about him this week as well. Uh, pretty sure it was this year, about uh, late in the season last year. I think I, I dropped Marshall as one of the watch times and a head wobble with that as well. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just, just remember... Uh, so yeah St Kilda are definitely a better team than what we gave them credit for as well so we have Melbourne to make the top 8 currently is paying $2.25 would you nibble at that? no I don't want 4s or 5s because I reckon there's about the top 5 or 6 is pretty much I reckon set yep and there's probably 5 or 6 teams that make the next 2 spots depending on their fixture and injury run and everything like that and uh, just to recap our over-unders from the preseason predictions, their uh, pass mark was 14.5 wins, and uh, you took the unders on that. Well done to you, because they're nowhere near likely to get anywhere near that. No, no chance. No. So one big tick to Baz again. Yeah. All right, our second dead cat bounce club, North Melbourne. They got arguably the ugliest win I've seen in probably the last three seasons of footy. 
we thought maybe uh, the Friday night game between Collingwood and Western Bulls was pretty dour and pretty sad. Yep. Unless it opened up towards the end and something happened. But this game, literally nothing happened. And it was still a case of just the less worst team won. It was just two real slow, real dour teams. And again, if you're concerned about the way Melbourne celebrated their victory, the way Brad Scott talked about this one and how that, what they played on Saturday night, is apparently their brand, their their club brand of footy. Yeah, it's not That's going to put them in a hole, I'm pretty sure. Well, they finally picked a hern. He, uh, again, I think, I think I've been harping on that for the last two or three weeks. Uh, Jed Anderson came back from injury. Mason yeah. Wood decided to turn up. But, yeah, they're, they're still a major worry, especially around clearance and stoppages, uh, defence as well. And, like, I know Brown kicked a few goals on the weekend, but who else is going to kick their goals unless a Turner and Wood and, you know, those sorts of blokes turn up as well. Uh, yeah, I have them still well under. I reckon they'll struggle to get, you know, probably eight wins this year. I, I don't know what their fixtures are. I can't remember off the top of my head, but, it, you know, they're not going to get too many easy games. I'll be banking on Carlton Gold Coast to get wins because mm. not many teams probably worse than them this year, I reckon. Uh, yeah, even their ruck, like their ruck situation is pretty dour and, you know, Tom Campbell's a backup and nothing against him, but, you know, he's he's good on him for playing AFL footy. Mm. But he's probably not the ruck when you want and Goldstein's ageing and not being as, as good, as, you know. And dynamic around the ground and whatever, yeah. yeah. And there's just nothing, there's nothing really like lining up about anything that North Melbourne can fix quickly to solve their problem other than try and take the game on more. But then when the coach said, like, they're bottom in the in the AFL for inside 50 efficiency in terms of how long it takes them to go from defence to attack. So they're averaging eight disposals per inside 50, which is nearly a whole disposal more than anyone else. They've got... They even lack pressure. So for a Dow team, you would have thought, well, maybe they'll go down the secure approach and really attack the ball carriers. But they, they're well in the bottom four for pressure on the ball carriers and defensive acts and one percenters well, and all those sort of things. They're another team that's really slow. Mm. They're not, there's not a lot of real quick ball movies. In that. I know they've got Pittard and those sorts of blokes in at the end of last year. Aaron Hall, Aaron, Aaron Hall didn't even play. And uh, yeah, so they lack, like, Pittard's not the best ball user either. No. So they, they lack a bit of skill, they lack a bit of polish. Yeah, they've, got, they've brought in some outside pace, but they're not really that quick. They're not at the top. They're going to break the lines. And the style of footy they play doesn't help either. So, and again, like you're not going to have a bailout kick to Ben Brown because you're not going to take a contested mark. Mm. So, and then it's, the next option is Tom Campbell or uh, Goldstein. And again, they're not going to take big hangers or contested marks for you. So and it, even if they did, they're not that great of a kick that you're probably going to result in a goal anyway. Yeah, so then, it, then you're relying on blokes like uh, Wood and stuff like that to get the job done. So... Yeah, it's a bit of a worry for mine. Yeah. Uh, so, I think they're paying four bucks to make the eight this year. We're obviously not going to invest in that one at all. No. Uh, and yes, the over-under mark for the year was ten and a half. Uh, we took the unders, which at the time was paying $2.05. So, that was the underdog pick. Um, but I think we're pretty safe with them having less than ten wins yeah, for the year, we're... based on their current performance. Our final dead cat bounce team is one that's had a bit more of a bounce in the last two weeks, thanks to the older. Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, and that's Essendon, and they're just kicking. They're just kicking goals for fun. They're not doing much else though. It's well, all one way. It's a traditional one say, way Essendon that we saw all last year. It, it helps they play, play Brisbane, who are a very uh, one way sort of team at the moment as well. Play exciting footy, have a certain brand they want to play, and they played Melbourne, who uh, for some reason got engaged in a one way fight where they're not, it's not their style. Yeah. All, all year as well, Melbourne have leaked. Points. I mean, they even leaked early against Sydney, uh, and obviously it 
evened up in the end, but they still did leak a fair bit. Yeah. So I'm not sold on them yet either because they're playing that, that style where, yeah, gun and run, gun and run, you know, take it on. Uh, but when someone blocks that up, when someone does actually, you know, take away that takes that away from them, what do they got? They lost the stoppages against Brisbane, but they won the centre clearances uh, by six. Now, that's something that Brisbane have been really good at this year. So, obviously, Bell Chambers in the midfield got on top. But, you know, it was a game where there was barely 50 tackles laid by both teams. I reckon if you looked at contested possessions, I know Essendon might contested possession by a bit, but probably a bit lower than what it is around the AFL mark. It was a pretty open sort of game, mm. a bit like the Friday night before. I wouldn't be looking too much into Essendon's form at the moment. They're probably going to play enough size that they get a few wins. Have them just outside the eight at the moment. But, yeah, don't be too solemn. But, and they got hooker back, which is a big in for them. And they probably, I think they're playing Danaher this week. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic shapes up when hooker, um, sorry, Danaher comes back as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting as well because I think they've been a bit better at lowering their eyes. Because when Danaher comes back in, they traditionally then they just blaze as well. Yep. So they go from being just a fast attacking team to one that will kick long and kick that loopy high ball as if you were trying to kick to Mason, Mason Cox. Yep. Danaher's not quite as, well, as tall and be as willing to get that, either get the grab or bring it to ground. And well, so he, well, he hasn't he, played for a And he hasn't while. played for a while either. Yeah. So he's not, you can't expect him just to come back in and just clunk him. Well, that's what I, I reckon they should be. Uh, they'd be silly to not play in VFL for a couple of weeks to get him right. Yeah, they brought him back to the JLT and they thought he was right. And he hurt himself again and missed the first four or five weeks. So you should be taking... With someone like him, long-term as well, you should be taking the gentle, gentle approach. Absolutely. All right, so the over-unders for the start of the year was 12 and a half. I took the over. You took the under. I'm still well in front of the under. They're, they're, they'll get 10 wins. 10 r- wins? R- roughly, yeah. And they're paying... What do you think they're currently paying to make the top eight? Uh, on the open they, market. They should be about five bucks. Yeah, they're $1.75. Nah, that's a joke. People are tipping in to the Essendon bandwagon situation, but we'd advise you not to until this dead cat bounce evens itself back out. All right. Second part of Economics 101 is things called bear markets. Yep. Do you know what that is? Carlton. <laughs> uh, yes, it's Carlton and it's Adelaide. Uh, and we'll go Adelaide first, but a bear market is just one that has a long-term downward trend, essentially like a bear slapping its prey, is yeah. how they come up with it. I don't know why they use animals to describe these things in the stock market, but, yeah. but why not? Yeah. Bit of knowledge for you. Adelaide. What is going on with Adelaide? Now, we, 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 everyone, we told this. So their over-under wins at the start of the season was 13 and a half, and we both took the unders. Even the model... Shout-outs to Oliver Fitzpatrick. With his, even the numbers suggest it goes the unders. But everyone bought him them being a top-four side. Yep. And do you know what their biggest problem is? We said it in round one. They lack speed. So they've got Lynch, Smith, Laird. They're, mm. they're probably their quickest players at the moment who break the lines. Atkins maybe as well. Yeah. And Seedsman, but he's obviously injured as well. Their backs are all plain Jane. Not very good at disposal. Taking that kick on or you know running off the back line and... They're all a bit dour. So you got Keith and, and Talia and um, Kelly, who are not, you know, they're good lockdown defenders, but they're not exactly the blokes you want the ball in hand to hit that 45, you know. An aggressive hang. kick that they can try yeah. and make something out with with their transition yeah. play, yeah. So, and obviously now the 6-6-6, you, you can't have a player behind the ball as much because you, and that way you don't get that overlap run off the back line, which is something they were very, very good at, intercept marking and overlap and take, you know, counter-attacking. 
haven't been good at that for the last two seasons because, you know, teams have probably figured them out, eh? B, they haven't got the intercept marker, and C, they haven't got the, the guys down back to, to use it like they want to. Mm. And especially the new 6-6-6, I mean, watching a lot of games, and teams are pretty much one-on-one all over the field, except for at the stoppage. They generally have their wingers sitting, you know, defensive side. But it's pretty much one-on-ones now, yeah. just the way that teams are setting up. That's why teams are a lot more defensive, holding on to possession of the footy, because teams are worried about getting opened up and scored against quickly. So they're just playing possession games, and obviously it's how West Coast won last year. So teams try and copy and, yeah. and manipulate that to their own, uh, the way they want to play it as well. But they'll take a version of that to their to their club. So I think Adelaide are well behind there, and their full line isn't functioning. And we spoke about this again last week with they just lack that excitement. They lack that player with a bit of fizz about them. And you know they've got Stengel, I think it is, who played um, for them last week. I think he's played a few games for them now this year. Um, but where's that? Where's that next Cameron? Where's that? You know they, they dropped Gibbs, but they've got about ten to twelve other blokes that should have been dropped as well before Gibbs. So if I was Gibbs, I'd be pretty shitty as well. And they gave up two first rounders for Gibbs from only so far last of the year, and um, he's already been you know dropped. And when he goes back, he shows that he clearly is informed because if he wasn't informed, he wouldn't have picked up twenty eight disposals in a Sanford game. Yeah, and then you've got other players. Slogging it out in the uh, in the twos as well with Hugh Greenwood, thirty three touches, ten clearances, two goals. Yeah, that sounds like a bit of X factor that something they might need around their midfield half forward line. Yeah, so Stingley played last week. Chase Jones and um, Lockwood Murphy, the two I'm thinking of. But yeah, they just need to change it up. Like it's the same same with Jenkins, Betts, and Walker. It has been for years. Mm. So and they haven't they haven't been that they weren't that good last year. They haven't been that good this year. Betts plays in his three hundredth. Jenkins needs to have a spell. I mean, some of his efforts on the weekend were pathetic, and he, he missed a couple of easy, real easy shots as well. And they need to probably make up a hybrid four-line like everyone, everyone else in the comp does. There's not many teams that go around playing with you know two massive tools at the moment, and we'll talk about Carlton in a second. Yeah, unless unless you're a West Coast, which have, have elite ball users and a quick transition play from defence to a, to attack. Yeah. And so you can, you can use it, and you can get away with it, because you know that essentially they won't... They don't have to huddle together. They don't get isolated. They just go into their space, boom. Yeah. It's three or four passes and hit them on the tip and then JK kicks a goal. Even, you know, look at GWS at the moment, how good they're going. They've got Cameron, he's not a massive forward. And they've got Finlayson, he's, he's almost that hybrid. So you're Josh Caddy type. Mm. Collingwood, they've got Cox and, you know, they've got the, the likes of Goey, Elliott, uh, Stephenson, Thomas, the Smalls around, yeah. you know, my check's the hybrid. So you've got, you know, teams are pretty much the same, same, but they're still playing that tall and it just hits a deck and comes straight back out. So they're in big trouble. The, that 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 trade swap they did with Carlton might actually work for Carlton here. They, Adelaide might get pick one, but uh, Carlton might get pick three or four. So Adelaide are still currently paying two dollars sixty five to make the top eight. I don't know how some of these odds are working at the moment, but obviously the teams, the club members are sticking fat with their teams and speaking with their cash as well. Uh, and they were over under was thirteen and a half wins as we said. We're definitely going to get the unders there now. I've also done a little bit of a coach fire warning. It's pretty warm still, apparently. It's one of the warmest uh, Aprils we've had in a long time. Yep. Some could say it's still bushfire season. So on the rating of extreme, severe, very high, high or low, what's the heat level on Don Pike? They'll win this week for Betts' 300th, but their run after that isn't exactly easy. And uh, I reckon he could be gone by the buy round if they don't start stringing a few games together. They're getting a bit restless over there and. uh SA, the Adelaide Crows. I'm going to rate that a severe 
a severe heat level here yeah, for Mr. Don Park. It's, it's in between very high and severe, I reckon. There you go. Watch this space. And our last one. Everyone's been talking about him, but we might as well do it as well. Carlton, four losses. Losses on losses on losses. The members are over it. Basically, the media's over it. A lot of the players seem to be over it as well. Is Brendan Bolton over it? What's going on? Is there a plan? Can we see anything? Can we see anything from the bits and the pieces and the hubris of this footy club and how they just seem to lose games that you shouldn't lose and make mistakes that your blokes are undermining Vaffa probably wouldn't make? Uh, I'm going to be quick here. Yep. And for you, you understand why in a second. Yeah. Right, so 2017 average 72 points and 93 against. 2018 average 61 points for 103 against. Mm-hmm. This year, 66 for and 85 against. Yeah. So, and this year's a smaller sample size, but they obviously went backwards last year. And I think they're going to keep going backwards this year because the development of some of their players, so Charlie Carino is 22-23 now. He's had four or five years in the system. Harry McKay's had a couple of years in the system, should know better. So where's the development coaches to get these boys right? SPS, uh, Petrusky Seaton, starting to show some you know, good some good footy and get some consistency. Still drops in, in our games. Pay Dow's second year. Obviously, Sam Welsh is a freak. The defenders, you know, Jones did a good job and stuff like that, but I just, I don't reckon, I, don't, I still don't think McGovern was the right call for them either, like getting him in, I don't know that how that helps him, especially when he does something what he did against Gold Coast where he's played enough footy, especially behind the football for Adelaide to know that he should be staying on the frigging goal line as a sweeper when they've already got two blokes there. He's the goalkeeper, so I hope Bolton sprayed him for that. But they're... they're they're not going to sack Bolton. Bolton's safe. Um, As in mid-year or no, no, he, even end of year? He'll, he'll see, see out his contract. He'll see out this year because they can't afford to sack him again or sack anyone, sorry, again. They're, they're pretty much going to stick fat. Yeah. Unless he gets to um, you know, Dean Bailey levels where they get pumped 180 points. He's, he's seeing out the year. But everyone's talking, reckons they've improved this year. I reckon that's a load of crap. Because they still can't score. That's their big fundamental problem. Yes, their defence has been better for some games, but I mean, you look at the opposition. So Sydney, you know, don't generally score highly. Gold Coast are only averaging, you know, something like seventy points as well this mm-hmm. year. Carlton for the spoon are paying a dollar sixty. Is that actually a bit of value there? Will this get into like a dollar ten? Do you reckon by the time they lose a couple more before the buy? They're they're, they're spoons. They've won it. Just give it to them. Early payout. All right, invest in it. I reckon you're going. I reckon it's going to come in by at least fifty cents. So invest with them the spoon. Uh, we had the over under wins of six and a half. We both took the unders. So did Ollie, the model. Shout outs to the uh, one true Blues fan. You get a dollar eighty for that as well. And uh, the coach fire warning for Brendan Bolton is a low moderate. Something really has to go wrong, but that's uh, not beyond the realms of belief. This week's going to go one or two ways. We'll talk about it again soon, but uh, I won't say much more because they're in the time. Gotta forget about last week, move on to this week, and try and do it all over again. So our upset alerts will start with Thursday night. 
the Brisbane Lions, who had a bit of a trough, and we did warn you that that trough was coming. So it just depends on how long it's going to stay now. They're $2.35 home underdogs to Collingwood, who are a $1.55 favourite, so playing at the Gabba. The line here is 8.5, the over-under, 171. Can't believe you got your snaps at all. It's... You don't reckon they're going to bounce back? No. You just said... I'll go back and roll the tape. Three weeks ago, for the last three weeks, you've been saying how much of a gabatoire this place is going to be, how hard they'll be to play up there. Yeah. You guys were pretty poor. To, you were below average to poor on Friday night against the Bulldogs. Yeah. And I'd say that Brisbane are a better team, especially at home, than the Bulldogs. I'm just saying it wouldn't be beyond the realms of, of disbelief if Brisbane came out and beat you guys. You're not at all concerned. I think it'll be a close game, but I think we should win. Yeah, I think you should win as well, but it's an upset alert. It's not a guaranteed upset. I'm not going to say that we should tip Brisbane. I'm not saying that we're going. Not saying that Brisbane. There's a bit of value there for Brisbane if you're interested or if you're travelling in tips. There's a danger of getting overhyped up for games, and this is what I fear for. It is. It's the homecoming game. Yeah. So they've. So for Mr. Beams. They've been doing a lot of uh, media up in Brisbane this week. Open training as well. Apparently was basically sold out. Yeah. Handing out cupcakes. Yeah. You name it. Brisbane been doing it this week, which is good. Good for the game. Good for up there. Especially the Q cash coming up, but yeah, I just I know we weren't great last week, and it, there was reasons to for that, and it you know it wasn't just us; it was also the doggies' game style. I think the boys would be should be getting up for this. They should be getting up for it for not only Beamsy, but for the fact that you know we haven't been great yet. You know, there's a bit of pressure coming on our midfield. They need to get up and about. I reckon the guy who starts spending more time in the midfield now is starting to get a bit more match fitness and injury free. Well, he's still not having niggles, but yeah. we saw in the second half when he went into the midfield against the Doggies, he turned the game on its head. And it, it opened up our four line a bit as well. It let Cox be the number one target. And when he's up and like that, it doesn't matter who, who you got playing on him. We saw that last year in the prelim final. He creates havoc. Because mm. all of a sudden, three or four boys gravitate to him to try and bring the ball to ground. And when they do bring the ball to ground, those three or four blokes who have gravitated to him have also left their man. And the likes of Elliot, Stevenson, you know, uh, Thomas, those sorts of blokes who are pretty smart around goal. And, uh, yeah, I just have a feeling that we should get the job done. And I don't think we're going to thump them. I think it's still going to be a good game. The Heat's going to be in it for the first quarter, quarter and a half. But I'm hoping that we're, you know, last year was a pretty high-scoring game. You know, went end-to-end and we probably won by a goal or two in the end up there in the in, earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. I reckon it might be something like that again. And the, the, over 171 should be there because... The scores at the Gabba in the in when Brisbane play at home, unless it's shit weather, is uh they're generally very very high scoring end to end stuff, and that's because of the style of Brisbane play. And I think if we allow that to happen, even if they do score a bit against us, us going the other way should be just as damaging. Yeah. Do you see yourselves attempting to play slightly more aggressive or direct footy this week compared to other weeks? I think I think we need to go back to what got us. You know, made it successful last year is take the game on, mm. reward our runners, try those kicks. But we need to make sure it's in the hands of the blokes who can do it, not your Adams. Needs to be, you know, not even really Trelaw, but you know, it needs to be in the blokes that can actually pull those kicks off and not not blokes who are 50 50 when they do it because we'll get hurt yet going the other way, obviously. But mm. I, I, I'm still pretty sure that we'll, we have enough. And, you know, Lockie Neal's been really, really good for them. You know, Steph Martin's a good matchup for Grundy. Their four line's dangerous. We all know about their four line, and their back line is very, very good defensively as well. But you know, Tip and Woody kicked seven last week. Didn't have a match up. I don't know if Bailey's back this week for Brisbane, but he's a pretty important, you know, lockdown defender for them. Sort of small. Mm-hmm. And you think if Tipper kicks seven and in that sort of game, I reckon we've got a couple of blokes who are a bit smarter and a bit better than Tipper going forward. So 
There you go. That's big words, big fighting words. So from a betting angle, you're interested in the overs. For mine, Collingwood had let, yet to lose a first quarter this season. And Brisbane love to give up an early lead. Yep. So you can get Collingwood to win the first quarter by uh, one and a half points, paying $1.90, which good. is a good safe value there because it's better than Collingwood for the win. So that's what I'd be going. And especially you'd, you'd be pretty convinced and pretty certain that they'll turn up, to use that terrible football cliche, because it's the Beams milestone, because they need to try and prove the point. And because they can, if they can catch Brisbane napping in the first quarter, then it's a nice little buffer for you guys to go back and play possession footy if you need to later on yep. in the game. So. Yep. Good angles there, and obviously we'll be tipping Collingwood. Our second upset alert is Sunday afternoon. Western Bulldogs are a dollar thirty-seven favourites after losing to Collingwood. So very interesting markets here. To Carlton, who are two dollar ninety-five outsiders, they're playing at Marvel Stadium. The line here three goals, and the over under one sixty. Is this the week where Carlton get their first win of the season? I'm going to have two comments for... I'll just give up on Carlton because I sit there in the cane. Yeah, in the cane, yeah. This is going to go one or two ways this week. They've been under the pump all week and they're disappointed from... And they're going to come out and play some of the best football you've ever seen. Or the doggies going to pump them because they're flat, they're down. They're a young group. They've cop, probably copped it a bit this week and they've, they've been working hard on the track to get their forward structure right. I, I guarantee you. Actually defended really well and set up defensively really well and smartly for how uh, Gold Coast go about scoring, but it doesn't help when you can't score yourself. Mm. So that was probably the disappointing thing for me last week is they should have been worrying a lot more about how they're going to kick a score than worrying about how they're going to stop the Gold Coast because this <laughs> they should not have lost that game and they did and you know it goes down to a lot of things you know make, making Gibbons your forward target deep ten times in a in a in a quarter and a half. Is that Gibbons' fault? I don't think so. Like, and I just heard on the half, you know, three sixty they were blaming Gibbons. Well, come on, like, how's it his fault that he's the last player? Like, what about your, your, your players that have played, you know, football for four or five years? McGovern, um, Kerno, uh, McKay, and Casbolt. Like, they, they should know where, what's going on. Mm. So where's the leadership there? Uh, and that's what worries me that this week could be a bloodbath and I reckon that this could last week could absolutely kill off Carlton this year or it could make him into something yeah so it's going to be interesting to see which way this goes but I've got to tip the doggies and I the 18 and a half is that an 18 and a half point line yes that is disgusting the doggies at the line uh, and just 61 to 75 for Carlton again as we always will the numbers don't really work that in that much in the favour for an upset here either so the upset will be just purely like Mighty Duck style, purely off a, fo- uh, like a football story, the Hollywood film type of situation because the Doggies are super clean, seven and a half disposals per clanger, which is the league leaders. They go fast as well and they shark the center, like they shark the clearances around the stoppages. So it, they give up the ruck dominance. They don't care if they don't get a hit out because they'll shark it. They've got the Bont playing amazing footy as well. The only thing that allows us to even be in an upset categories because they both are very inefficient going inside 50. So they float in that 37% scores per entries. And so it's just one in three each time. So it could be another game where Carlton hang on, like they did against the Suns. But I don't, I don't see Carlton kicking, as you said, any more than 61 to 75. And so that still gives the advantage to the Doggies. Um, so, yeah, the tip there is obviously the Doggies. And, yeah, we're going to cover the 18 and a half as well and yeah. potentially... See that bear market Carlton team go all the way down into what we would call a recession in economics 
or no one. So our third upset alert is at Adelaide Oval on Sunday twilight. It's between Adelaide and the Gold Coast. Baz, give us the odds for this one, please. Uh, Adelaide twenty and Gold Coast at 4.25. The line is 28.5 points and under overs is 153. So is there any rain in Adelaide this week? That's pretty low. I think that's just saying how much of a dour game this could be yeah, after yeah. we saw North and Adelaide do much similar areas on Saturday night last week. I, I, I seriously, Gold Coast has been great. Like their effort, their intensity, their defence has been really good. But we're not buying in. Oh no, I'm buying in for the probably you know they're going to be. You know what you're going to get from Gold Coast week in week out. That's one thing you say about Gold Coast that you can't say about Carlton. Mm-hmm. You know what you get from Car- uh, Gold Coast. You know what you get from St Kilda. Are we ever afraid of a drop off though, like a Brisbane drop off? Oh, or is it because because it's all endeavour based? It's not like it's not really system or skills based. It's oh, just it's like system, but it is system, but in the sense that it relies heavily on just having defensive intent. Yeah, it does. It's, it's effort. So yeah. there's gonna be games where they don't rock up and they're gonna get probably pumped by seven or eight goals. But most weeks they're gonna be in the fight. You know, they they score over the back a lot. So that shows they've got they're pushing really high up to congest it and, and breaking, trying to get over the top. Um, I just can't see Adelaide losing this with Eddie Betts 300th. And I reckon Eddie Betts might just flick that switch. And I hope that, you know, Adelaide do try something different. They obviously, hopefully, not not hopefully, I don't want anyone to get dropped, but if they do drop Jenkins, they just play one out with Eddie. Because I don't reckon they've got a match-up for him really down there. Their tools are doing a good job, Gold Coast at Collins and uh, Burgess and stuff like that. They, they're doing a good job. But I just, yeah, I... Just try something different, Adelaide, and they should get the win here because their midfield's a lot better inside. Yeah, I just can't see Adelaide losing, surely. And if they did, then all hell's going to break loose up there. They'll be right. Yeah. Especially, especially in his 300, uh, Eddie Betts 300. Congratulations to him. He's a live wire. Hated him when he played at Carlton because he used to always do this stuff against us that I didn't like. But, you know, he's one of the very few indigenous players to get 300 games, and he's a great... I think he's... Only two other players have kicked more goals than what he has at two clubs, and that's uh, Tony Lockett and Buddy Franklin. So mm. shows how good he is. Yeah, so the stats that kind of give you a little bit of an angle to go and nibble on Gold Coast if that's what you want to fancy for. Taylor Walker. So we mentioned that Jenkins might get the chop. I almost chopped Tex before I chopped Jenkins. I can't believe he's still captain. His retention levels inside 50, when he's being targeted inside 50, Tex, he retains possession only 14% of the time. The second lowest by any key position player in the AFL. Because he's slow and he's he's no good below his knees. All right. But it's like, I don't understand why it's always someone else at that club that gets to chop out of those big three forwards that have to play. He shouldn't be skipper either. And uh, Adelaide have only scored from 18% of their inside 50s this season, which ranks them dead last in the league. So, there, again, it could be another game where the Gold Coast hang about and it's very foreseeable that they can hold on. As we said, they're gritty defenders. They're, they've got... Yeah, they've got grit. They've got a bit of forward pressure. They've got enough that they could, again, keep this to a 60-60 game, 70-70 game. But I don't see them kicking 80 and running over the top. So we'd still be tipping um, tipping Adelaide. Um, so I did play around with a couple of different ways to do this. So Gold Coast are yet to lose a quarter, uh, first quarter this season. But they've been outscored 2-1 to one in second quarters. So if you were interested in trying to find an angle for this game, you could take Gold Coast to win the first quarter, $2.85. You could take Gold Coast to win the first quarter and Adelaide to win the second quarter at $4. Or the one that I might go at would be Gold Coast to win the first quarter and lose the match at $4.33. 
as a roughie because I don't think there's much faith in a four dollar twenty five upset for the Gold Coast to win or even for them to cover at a dollar ninety. Might be a bit ambitious, especially if Adelaide get a run on and it's, start it's doing a, start doing the Eddie Betts uh, a, celebration. It's a no, fourth quarter. It's a no bet game, mate. I reckon I reckon there's angle there on the first quarter and lose, but that's we'll get to that at the end of the pod. On to our sure things. Starts Friday night. West Coast are a dollar twenty favourites against Port Adelaide, who are four dollar twenty outsiders. Optus Stadium, the line here, 27.5. The over-under, 156. Very, very low for a West Coast game. Uh, in what can now be called the Scott Lysette Cup. Scott Lysette Cup? Yes, he's returning to his uh, premiership law. Do you know what? What? West Coast would not give a crap. No, I think it's Scott Lysette might, though. All right, well, <laughs> uh, he's in for a long uh, long afternoon or Friday night. It's a long evening if... Uh, for the West, for the Port Adelaide boys, because they, they got shown up last week. I said the young players would drop off. They did, Rose, and, and to be fair to them, in that last quarter, a few of them did stand up, Drew, Rose, etc. But you know, they're young first-year players who are carrying a big load. And uh, Motlop's gonna get dropped this week. Uh, it's been in the in the AFL website tonight. I just think West Coast will pretty much not flog them, but a good six or seven goals. I reckon they'll cover that line, and I reckon that that are. Uh, Unders overs will go up. unless it's wet over there. I'm not sure, but I reckon it'll be going over. And even after last week's very dour derby, yeah, I think one thing's for certain: Port Adelaide are playing a certain style, and uh, even, they'd want to be they want to be careful of uh, not going too gung ho and keep bombing in like they did last week against Richmond. Well, that was interesting. If you did uh, watch AFL 360. And everyone's complaining about how dour this season's been and how low scoring. And then Ken Hinkley came out and said, well, actually, we're scoring more and getting scored against more. So yeah. it was an interestingly low line uh, for the over-unders there. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be one to nibble on. It's, it's, there's only a couple of teams at the moment playing quick footy trying to score, and they're the ones getting scored against. And that's why majority of other teams are going, we're going to hang on position for a bit. We're just going to take it slowly. We're going to keep it to 10 to 15 goals at each. And we'll, we're backing ourselves to be the winner. You know what I mean? We're backing ourselves to take more opportunities when we go forward, make the most of them, put a gap on and, and defend well. That's, that's what all coaches are doing at the moment. It's, it's a bit boring, but you'll see in probably the next five to six weeks, because we're starting to get some data now, and generally by six to eight, the trends are set. Yeah. And, and coaches figure out shit. So you'll start seeing up probably after Easter, after Anzac weekend, that you know the good teams will come good and, and start moving the ball better and score more efficiently. And the, the teams that aren't so good, you'll start seeing them get scored against heavily and probably slow, slower score, lower their scoring rates. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, at the moment, we're seeing West Coast play pretty impenetrable football. So they're still the leaders in uh, kick mark chains. They're still the leaders in disposal to mark ratio. And they're still the leaders in goal accuracy. So it's going to be a very... They're going to have to... Port Adelaide have to bring their absolute best pressure they won't get to keep this close, but they're not going to. West Coast so. is by far the best team in this comp. So take West Coast to cover. Uh, probably, yeah. Moving on to Saturday afternoon. The Giants are $1.13 favourites against Frio, who are travelling to Canberra Oval, who are $5.40 outsiders. The line here, 36. And the over-under, 160. I reckon the Giants turned a corner last week. We've always talked about them being a, a fancy they're schlick. S- they're the second best team in the comp, and I'm sold 100% I'm on them. Just jumped on the yep. bandwagon. Oh, look out. Um, we know what happens next. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the way they went about it, we talked a lot about them last year not being blue-collar and dogged enough. The way they've gone about their last couple of wins and 
you know, the style of footy they play. They've got a perfect fall now for Cameron. They don't need Patton, who's a one-trick pony, and still good football. But you know, they found that with Finlayson, he's the the perfect foil for Cameron. They've got the smalls around him. The midfield's on fire. Uh, Taranto's been playing good footy. Hubert's been playing good. Hopperso's been playing good footy. Obviously, we all know about um, how good Kelly and Caniglio and those sorts of blokes are. So, and even their backline starting to clock, you know, starting to kick in and everything as well. So, they're 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 great. And they like I said, there's only probably four teams you can trust at the moment, or maybe just three, and that's GWS, West Coast, and um, Geelong. Yeah, they're the three teams I can trust. I can trust GWS to get the job done. Probably won't touch the thirty-five and a half. You know what, GOS don't lose don't lose at Canberra over really, and given they flogged Richmond the other week by forty or fifty points, you'd probably back them in and do the same. But you know, Freo do have the five factor. Are you talking about the five factor, and uh, do you send the ball to five, or is it not worth it? No, I'd probably send him to Walters or maybe one of the younger blokes get the ball a bit more on the outside just to cut them out because you know Fife's on the inside. He's pretty hard to tag. Mm. So I don't reckon you go to him. I'd probably go to Walters and cut him out of the game. And, you know, Hamling might not get up. It's probably, there's a good chance he won't play. And there's talk of Hogan playing uh, down back. Yes, which, which is very strange areas in my well, opinion. Can, I think you can probably play it. You can probably do a good job. But then who kicks their goals? Well, they've been... Well, funnily enough, their best game this year scoring-wise when Hogan didn't play and it was Tabner and McCarthy and the mm. Smalls getting busy. So sometimes you just got to change it up and maybe that's what Freo need, but... It won't be enough for them to uh, no, overcome the Giants, who are just looking classy. And they're playing West Coast-esque footy, so they're, they too are about kick mark chains. They do it quick, though. So whilst West Coast played tempo, the Giants can do it quick. We saw this against the Cats. Orange tsunami. And they made them look made them look slow and made them like just unable to pressure when you're going that quick and that clean, that efficiently. They're super, super good at getting inside 50 marks. So 25% of all their entries turn into inside 50 marks. Yeah. And then they've got pretty straight kicks now. And it looks like Jezza is ready to be the, you know, five or six regular goals bags like he should be because he's a very talented player. So obviously the Giants, the pick there. Uh, But yeah, probably no bet on a pretty massive line. Saturday night, Richmond are $1.39 favourites. Against Sydney, two dollar eighty-five outsiders at Marvel Stadium. The line here fifteen. The over/under one seventy. Everyone said that, that was Richmond's best home and away win since basically forever. Do you win. agree? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's it's seriously as a coach, you see a team that sort of thing with with players out. You're pretty proud of your group and you're pretty happy for them. And again, it's wonder how much it took out of them. And I reckon it has the unlike the Melbourne. The Melbourne win, I think Richmond are pretty, pretty. What, oh, restrained. If you watch yeah. the the song afterwards, they, 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 they sang it, but I went like, they know what it's yeah, about, and it yeah. give, it'll give a lot of blokes belief. You know, how good was Ross, and we know how good Edwards is, and stuff like that. But we know a few other blokes like stepped up and mm. played roles and did good jobs, and just gives them that extra bit of belief. But you know, you get Martin back this week. You know, he's back from his suspension. Hooley might be fit. Uh, you know, so you get a few more players back in. We obviously know Sydney is struggling. Uh, but I'm going to tip Richmond here, but this game is a, is a leave alone for me because it could go either way. Just the way that, again, both teams are playing at the moment. Not, neither team scoring a lot. So under 170 looks pretty you know, pretty mm. likely. Even though it's at Eddie Howe, where you know, teams tend to score a bit higher. But yeah, I'll be leaving this game alone. And uh, Sydney could be the team that everyone's talking about next week. I tell you, they go for one and four. Yeah, you imagine so. Yeah, the issue here with Richmond still is they lead the league 
uh, in clangers, and they have the lowest disposal to clanger ratio. So if only five five disposals per clanger. So they do let you get back into the game with turnovers, and we even saw that in the last oh, five yeah. minutes of that play of game, where just yeah, kicking it out in the full, and just yeah, they're not as clean as they could be. They've never been a particularly clean team. It's always been that dirty football. But it's great to see Dimmer go and back himself in and go. This got us to a grand final. Well, this got us to a premiership. This got us to a prelim. It's well, going to still work. Well, so. Rewalt might be back as well this week. But mm. it's good, again, you know, you bring in some young players who want to have a crack. Ross, Stack, those sorts of blokes. Mm. Noah, Bolter. And it's just funny how it just changes the dynamics of a team. That You know, these blokes want to be out there playing footy. They want to they want to have that role. They want to be in there and, and you know, supporting the club and getting the team up and about. And just that enthusiasm and youthfulness can have a bigger lifting effect on a team. And, you know, Sydney is starting to do it now. And, you know, I implore clubs that are struggling that are you know, on the brink. So, you have, you know, seven to ten that have been up there the last few years. Do a Geelong, do a Richmond and just back at you know, West Coast as well. Mm. Back some of your young kids in to play roles. And it doesn't have to be for very long. It can be just get your old, yeah, your older veterans out and refreshed for a bit. It's just lift morale as and well. And then, yeah, and then freshen it up and then it's you bring the other boys back in. Their faces. Yeah. Yeah. All very simple stuff. Richmond the tip, but definitely no play there. Monday afternoon, most of the time you'd say that Easter Monday is a very 50-50 game. I don't think so no, this year. Win. A couple of the lines fifth and a half. All yeah. of them missing that many players. It's they, they, The last two weeks they've just lost... Oh, was it, yeah, Western Bulldogs and then the week just gone. They've yeah, lost. so they've lost... Oh, I think Stratton might be back this week, but Frawley's out. Yeah, uh, yeah Amira might be back, but they're still missing some, some quality there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they're expecting Amira basically to be Tom Mitchell this year. Like, he's their prime engine room mid at the moment yeah. but he's not the same diesel engine that Tom Mitchell was no they, they've been unable to find the 50 disposals that that bloke got on the regular last year so it just leaves him in a massive hole and whilst Geelong got beaten by the Giants we've sat, just said the Giants are the second best team in the comp and I think Geelong will be a little bit scathed uh, Mr Chris Scott won't be very pleased and they'll come and probably do a bit of a number on yeah, I think on Monday I said Geelong are one of the teams I can trust and I think at the moment and Hawthorne don't have a lot of depth I think it's showing and, and teams are worrying they're a bit like Melbourne at the moment Hawthorne if you've got speed and can win the footy and use it well you're going to trouble them mm. so they're, and they're a bit one dimensional going forward to Hawthorne they're, they're struggling I think with that I know they've kicked was it, they kicked the first three weeks like 87 or something but it's saw on the weekend you know, when when a team had that pressure and really locked it down and made it pretty tight yeah, I think obviously Geelong are a pretty good defensive team, and they've got a good midfield balance. And I, I wonder if Kelly's going to get up because he didn't look right last week. I know he got tailed out of the game as well, but he did have an injury two weeks ago. Whether he plays or not might help Hawthorne a bit, but I still think Geelong definitely a line, and maybe even overs in that game. One sixty is pretty low for that style of that game, um, but who knows? But I'm definitely tipping. Geelong is probably my best bet of the weekend. Fair enough. Uh, the numbers there on the clearances especially have Hawthorne in a massive hole. So their clearance to hit-out ratio is only 70%. It's dead last in the league at the moment. So yeah. even though they have their Segler types and their big boy McAvoy's to get the taps, they just can't clear it out, and that Geelong midfield will feast. And then Geelong's efficiency going forward is, is just second to none. So they lead the league in scores per inside 50 at 50%. Every second entry kick turns out to be a score. Yeah. And so when you, if they're going to leak, Hawthorne will leak on the back end. And uh, it could be another weekend where we see Sicily blow an absolute gasket. So yes, uh, Geelong to cover would be my tip as well. All right, we'll round out with some 50-50 picks. North Melbourne are hosting Essendon. 
in what a game that could go any, anywhere really. North Melbourne, two dollar thirty outsiders. Essendon, a dollar sixty-two because everyone's just tipping in to the Tipper Show. They're playing at Marvel Stadium, and uh, the line here a very slender nine and a half, and the over unders one seventy-six. Uh, Essendon will cover that, and Essendon will win. So they're, they're just they're just better. Yeah. Oh, and especially when, when we said that Brad Scott came out and says our football brand is dour, slow. Yeah, we know that those teams get eaten alive by the Essendons of the world. Yeah, I don't. Um, I still don't rate North. Yes, they beat Adelaide, but Adelaide ordinary form doesn't stack up. Uh, yeah, I really don't rate North. Yeah. And I just see if Essendon will get away with their run-gun style and they're too quick for North. Mm. They've got too many good players at both ends and in the midfield for them and you know, Bell Chambers is obviously in great form as well as in, in the ruck and yeah, I just think that uh, yeah, well interesting. Is there any chance of Essendon drinking the bathwater and coming out and just having a real classic Essendon of our uh, first two rounds of the year performance? No, nah, they can have one more win for at least Anzac Day. Ah, fair enough. Uh, and North, yeah, the number one stat for North that really concerns me is they actually have more disposals per inch of 50 than Collingwood but they're nowhere near as clean with it. Yeah. So they're, they're twice as likely than Collingwood to cause a turnover they take an extra kick to get inside 50. They overuse, they're slow, they're dour. It's not pretty to watch, and this could be really, really ugly football. All right, our last game. Melbourne are hosting St Kilda at the MCG on Saturday afternoon. Melbourne are $1.38 favourites. St Kilda, $2.90 outsiders. The line here, 16. The over-under, 170. Would St Kilda be closer to evens if this was played Eddie Had? If it was Eddie Had, I'd probably tip St Kilda. Yeah. Because they play that ground so well. And Melbourne have a history there. It's, I mean, I know it's better over the last couple of years, but <laughs> their history there isn't that great. But at the MCG, I'm just backing in Melbourne just because of what... You, you know what you get from St Kilda? We've seen it the first four weeks. Melbourne, not so sure. But I'm just backing in Melbourne being a better side overall on paper mm-hmm. and playing at the MCG to get the job done. But it would not surprise me one bit if St Kilda came out and flogged Melbourne with with that speed and that composure of ball movement and worried them down four, where they got a lot of smalls and a lot, not a lot of tall, I mean, obviously got Membry and, and uh, Bruce, but not big talls. They're mm. you know, six foot one, six foot two sort of talls, a, a hybrid tall. And they got lots of quick fleet of foot players down there that could worry. I know Jetta probably be back for Melbourne. Maybe Lewis, but does he really help them? I don't really think he does. It's a bit of a cleaner user, which is what they need. So if you look at the absolute red flags for North, oh, sorry, the red flags for Melbourne, they ranked dead last in uncontested possession percentage. So only 52% of their possessions are uncontested, so they have no control, no tempo. They commit way too many clangers. They're equal with Richmond on clangers at, at five disposals per clanger. They never take enough marks. They can't play tempo. Five disposals per mark. They, when they, and then they're still useless going inside 50. So they are they're the worst in the comp and efficiency going inside 50. So everything suggests that the door is open there for St Kilda to lock them down, keep them to about 70 points for Melbourne and sneak across over the top but, but by the fourth St Kilda's defence isn't great. No, but that, that's it's about winning it in... Like, yeah, yeah. Right, goal face and yeah. stuff, yeah. But, so, you know, you back Melbourne probably win the inside ball. It's just where they can get on and spread. And that's where... Maybe Jeffy Garlic comes back in because you know, he played all right last week. He, there's rumours he might be in as well. Maybe that's where he might come in, you know, off the stoppages of that, that pace. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, I know Lewis is a good ball user and stuff, but I don't know why they keep going back to him because he's not really quick. He doesn't have any pace. And you, 
I think you're seeing at the moment that the playing the spare behind the footy isn't really happening as much by teams. So whether they do that, and when it has happened, it hasn't really worked for a lot of teams either. So goal, I mean, Carlton did it last week, you know, to protect that one over the back, and you know, yeah, it was a Dow under sixty points each game, but they still lost. Mm. Uh, we've seen Carlton do it against Richmond. We've seen you know Doggies do it, and they lost to Collingwood. So does it really work? I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I think. Yeah, Garlic comes in, mate, and Jed obviously comes back in after his uh, his little knee knock. But tipping Melbourne just to be safe. Yep. But I would not be surprised if St Kilda got up. Uh, and and, and no, don't, don't, I don't even don't even want to think about betting on this game. Fair enough. There's very few players I reckon this weekend because there's just that many games that are between teams that we can't trust. Yeah. yeah. So like I said, you can trust you, you can trust your GWS, you can trust your West Coast, you can trust your Geelong, and they're probably all got. Uh, angles with lines or unders overs sorts of sorts of bets as well or even just head to head if you want to if you're brave enough with the dollar thirties on offer but yeah I think the other games at the moment we're still probably three or four weeks out from just seeing having where. proper trend lines yeah. let's your money and make a stack So under huge pressure to perform after a personal best weekend last week, it's money-making time, our feature bets for round five. Now, Baz, do you have any roughies or value to back up last week's performance? Well, you've already got your Carlton and Gold Coast 6175. Every week? We're five out of eight there. My value slash roughie is if it's going to rain as much as it's forecast on Friday night uh, in the West Coast Port LA game, West Coast to kick 6175 points. Paying $4.50. Wow. Very brave there from the uh, leading team to score very low. My roughie is Gold Coast to win the first quarter, which they have done in every game this year so far, but to lose against Adelaide, that's paying $4.33. Obviously a bit of rough action there, but stake it out properly, and there's still some money to be made. All right, the rest of your bets for the weekend, Baz? Uh, my value is Hawthorne, 61.75 points against Geelong. And my best bet of the round is Geelong at 15.5 points. They should be winning that game and win that game quite comfortably at the moment. Lovely. The way they're travelling, the way Hawthorne are going, that should be uh, yeah money for jam. And mine is the first game of the week, Collingwood and Brisbane. I've got Collingwood to win the first quarter by more than a point and a half, paying $1.90. They should turn up for Beamsy, turn up for their quite large actual uh, membership up in the north there in Queensland and uh, prove a point to the rest of the league that they are in that top four bracket of teams to be contenders. We're a big club, mate, so big clubs uh, generally get that, that following. There you go. And do you have a multi to bring things home for our round five podcast, mate? Yeah, it's a pretty basic, simple multi this week. Nothing outlandish like last week, which we nailed. Geelong at a line, Collingwood at a line, Western Bulldogs at a line. It gives you about six dollars eighty. You can find it probably get a bet boost somewhere, get about seven, seven twenty. Lovely stuff. We're backing it up, but nice and calmly, as we said after a personal best week last week. Alright, if you've got more ambitious picks, give us a shout out at Twitter at SC underscore mag underscore Oz or follow us on our Facebook page, Sporting Chance Magazine. Let us know what your angles are and we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week if they get up as well. All right, mate, I would say good luck, but I think you had a weekend off. Yeah, mate, Easter week. We'll be back potting very, very soon. Very, very soon. Only one day break between games. That's right. Welcome to the religious experience that is the festival of Good luck to all. all Significant others. Yes, because uh, we might not speak to each other for a while. I will shower, I will bathe, I will eat. I'll do apologise. Just on that Tuesday. Come on.